He lays out different prayers to actually pray. And so if this is a new format, if you're live streaming with us and praying for five minutes, let alone 25 minutes, which we're going to do shortly, if that is overwhelming or foreign, I encourage you to look at Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And Jesus lays out a prayer. He tells his disciples, which is what we are. He tells them how to pray. Take that format and use it if you need to. Secondly, another reason that we gather to pray is because I, for myself, I look back at all the notes and the journals I have for the last 25 years of my life, and I see time and time again where I wrote it down, a prayer, and he may not have answered it the way I wanted, but he did answer it. Because then later on I see this, this journal entry, and it says, this happened. And then I go back and look and I say, wow, he answered it. There's a reason that he wants us to prayer. 
to pray. You know, last yesterday, pastor said that there is breakthrough when you pray for others. And I really want us to capture that tonight. Do you know that we don't see the world as it is, but we see the world as we are in it? which is why my husband and I can look at a, a glass of water and he always sees it half full and I always see it half empty. <laughs> we have two different perspectives. The same reason why we can pray for the same topic, but we'll have two vastly different prayers and thoughts about it, which leads to the question of how do I know what to pray? How do I know that I'm praying God's will? How do I know that I'm not just praying what I want? How am I praying the truth? And that leads us to the living word of God. What you hold in your hand transforms everything you say if you know what it says. The Bible is your game plan or your game book for prayer. Take, for instance, a lady whose husband isn't saved yet. She knows in the scripture that it says, God wills that none should perish, but that all should have eternal life. So she says, God, please, I want my husband saved. That's what you want, please. But what about if she opened the Bible up and she looked at her husband's life, the season he's in, and she found one or two scriptures and she prayed them just for him. She put his name in them. She started to extrapolate different phrases of that scripture. Maybe he's having a hard time at work and his, his mental capacity is limited. He's really stressed. What if she found scripture for that and she just started praying that for him and that's all she did. Over time, I bet you his daily habits would start to change. I bet you his words at work would start to change. And suddenly his heart that was hard to the Lord becomes softer and he doesn't even know it. One day he comes home and says, guess what? My boss and I, we had a great conversation. We're no longer at odds. And she says, that's funny. I've been praying the scripture. And she opens it up and she shows him. And she says, maybe that's what's changing in your life. And suddenly his heart can become soft. And now she can lead him to Christ because he's willing to ask questions and listen. What happened? What changed? Sure, the Lord, he can just save him. He can flat out save him, but he lets us have free will. So what changed in that? She got specific. She found scripture and she started to speak just that scripture for him. Many years ago, my husband and I were newly married and we decided we wanted to be healthy. And so in my mind, healthy meant take your vitamins daily, exercise daily, not in his mind. <laughs> For a while, we had some really serious debates. I would get so angry. I would cry. I actually finally decided I'll call his mom and that will change his mind. Just silly thing, right? And one day I decided to stop nagging. I said, okay, you can do what you want. Okay. And over time, later on, I don't even know what spurred me to it, but I started praying scripture for him in the season of life he was in, the things I knew he desired in the Lord had nothing to do with his health. And I would put his name in it. I would write them out with his name in them and I would pray them every day. And I didn't tell him, months went by. And all of a sudden one day he looked at me and said, hey, I wanna start taking these two vitamins. Do we have them? And I thought, where'd you come from? Who are you? And I said, okay. And you know, now my husband sets out his vitamins. He orders his own vitamins. He takes his vitamins. If there's an ounce of illness, he's, he's preventing it, building his immune system. And now he comes to me and he says in the morning, he gets up before I do in the dark and runs. And he says, man, I just feel so great exercising every day. The only thing I can say that changed that was I prayed specifically God's will for my husband, not my will that he do these things I wanted him to do. And so I want to encourage you 
that praying specific words of God changes my will, changes my husband's will, and changes the situation. But this leads us to the question of why. Why does scripture change a situation? Sure, it can just change a perspective of the human, but most importantly, what is it doing? You're speaking the authority of God. Every time you're speaking the authority. Jesus says in John 12, 49 through 50, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever he tells me to say. I got so arrested when I was reading that this week. I thought, man, if his commands lead to eternal life and these people I'm praying for, there are people in my prayer journal during these 21 days of prayer, I am circling in prayer. I have found specific scripture for each name and each situation, and I'm praying those for them. And you know what? That means I'm actually praying the commands of God over their life, leading them to eternal life because of Jesus Christ. I have these young kids, <laughs> and they like to squabble. And you put them in a room with other young kids, and something's bound to happen, right? And I can be in another room of my house, and my son will come to me and say, Mom, this is happening. And I'll say, okay, because I know my kids' perspective, like God knows my perspective, and because I know kids in general, what they're like, I can say something specific that answers the problem they're dealing with. And that's what happens when I open the scripture. God has something specific when I, for me to pray to answer the situation. So when I tell my son to go back and say, fill in the blank, he goes back in that room with my full authority. And I actually will listen to him. He will rehearse the words over and over again to make sure he has them just perfect as I said them. That's what you do when you read the scripture for your situation. You're rehearsing the words of God's perfect truth. So when my son goes back into that room, his answer, my answer, solves the dilemma, and it's over. I want to remind you that when you pray God's specific will, because that's what my kid does. He goes back into the room and says, my specific will to the problem. That situation starts to change because if Jesus did it and we're his disciples, then there's no difference. So I want to encourage you tonight that as you are taking a prayer card, I hope many, um, as you're praying for the situations in your life, that you sit for a second and you ask the Lord, what scripture do you have? And maybe you already do this. It's fantastic. But I ask that you would ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate something new that you've never seen in the scripture for that situation. Again, remember, there's breakthrough when you pray for others. You're changing somebody's life. Do you know that by coming here tonight, that you're praying for, that you've been praying for years, but the scripture has a promise that maybe you've never seen. And so I believe that the Lord will show you a promise you've never seen to transform a situation that has been there for so long. Please believe the scripture. Please don't turn away. Please believe it.
And I would encourage you as you're wrapping up this week of prayer to look at what you've written down for people and look back every month. And as you continue to pray for the next 12 months, what has happened? Because, you know, we can trust God's history. That's why we read the scripture. We trust his history when sometimes we're not sure if we can trust this present moment. The history proves what we can trust. So please, as you're getting prayer cards, as you're maybe getting um, a Pray First booklet tonight, use it in a new way. Just open up your eyes. I know sometimes we can get days into prayer and it just becomes a habit, which is fantastic. But I know the Holy Spirit has something very unique for tonight. So we're going to go back into worship and then we're going to go into 25 minutes of individual prayer. are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume God. All we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want
as we enter our time of corporate prayer, I encourage you to walk, sit, lay on your face, whatever you want to do. Father, we thank you for being present. We thank you, Father. We are grateful for freedom to come to church. Father, I am grateful for freedom to teach my children. God, thank you that we do not have to hide. Thank you for the freedom in America. Father, we pray for the goodness of God in our leadership from the presidential level down to our city leaders. Father, we thank you that your word does not return void. So the prayers of the saints for decades and a hundred years, God, you still see them, you still know them, and you're still waiting to fulfill them according to the word. We thank you, God, that our hearts are clean. We come before you tonight, God. We ask you would take the angel would take the coal and touch our lips again, that our words would be in line with the scripture. We thank you that you are present. You are an ever-present help. And every time, every time we ask, God, you answer. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit, that when we do not know what to pray for our leadership, for our country, the Holy Spirit knows what the will of God is. And he prays in accordance with that. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross just for me, just for them, just for every person that ever was created. Thank you, Jesus, for caring that much. Father, may we know how much you care, how great the love of Christ is for us, that it's overwhelming, it's far surpassing, and it goes deeper than we've ever known. We praise you. We praise you, God. I loose the gifts of the Spirit. I thank you for stirring them up as we pray tonight, that we pray as we really don't know, but the Holy Spirit leads, that wisdom and discernment, they are released in greater measure, that faith rises up. God, we thank you for faith. We knock on the door of heaven. We come in through the curtain that Jesus has broken, and we lay before your feet. We thank you that the family members that we are believing for are saved. We thank you that our neighbors that we have called by name, they are saved. We thank you that our parents, Father God, that the people who have really, really, really hurt us, that you are just, that you are merciful, and that you are the creator who can take off that burden and that trauma in a moment. I thank you for the people who have, have trauma, who you're, we are praying for those people in trauma. God, that you release them you release them that there is a change today in the name of Jesus because the blood of Jesus covers every single time. God, we thank you that your goodness, it will always follow us. God, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that we will not fail to see what you have already provided and put before our eyes. God, open our eyes, open our ears. The spirit, the gift of discernment, let it start to rise in us today. That when we walk into the grocery, we go to work, when we go to school, that we have a word in due season that changes somebody's life. Father God, let us understand we can change someone's life because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for our pastors that you have a new miracle in their life, that you have a new plan as they go into a new season, as they finish that old season of 2022, God, release new vision, release understanding. 
in greater measure that they've ever known, that there is a greater unity in our pastoral teams for all campuses, a greater unity in their staff and their volunteers. The vision is proclaimed in such a way it cannot be ignored, denied, or disputed. Father, I thank you that your vision goes forth and that we go forth to preach the gospel. Father God, we pray for the people around the world, the unreached people groups, that have lived for generations without hearing Christ. Father, Father, forgive us for not caring. Father, I choose to care in prayer. I choose to care in financial means. I choose to care whether or not I ever go to that country. God, I ask that you would start to bring those unreached people groups across our mind as a congregation, that we would start to pray and believe that they matter just as much as our family. They matter just as much as our neighbors, just as much as our spouses, God. You have a message for them that we may not be able to preach ourselves, but someone can. Father God, I thank you that you raise up leaders in those countries that are unreached, leaders in those countries, people who have tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord and that they are willing to go. They are willing to fight and lay down their lives, Father God. I thank you that you equip them for a greater work in those countries, God, that they will know the salvation of Jesus Christ. Father, you told your disciples, you told them, Jesus, when you were getting ready to go back to the throne, Jesus, you said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. So God, if you've given that authority, you then gave it when you said, when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you told us, and you told these people you're raising up, and those untouched people groups around the nations, that you, they will, they will teach those new disciples to obey the commands. And be sure of this. Jesus, you are with them always, even to the end of the age. You have equipped those leaders in these countries with your power, with your might, with the Holy Spirit. Father God, don't let them give up hope. Don't let them faint. Let them know that the body around the world and in Bakken's Ohio believes that the message must go forth for you to return. They believe, Jesus. Father God, I ask that you would stir our hearts in the name of Jesus to travail in prayer like women do in labor. For everyone who's ever had a baby, we know what that's like, God. But I ask that we would work that like we like we work giving birth, like we work going to work. God, we commit to get out of bed every morning and go to work. I ask that we would start to commit to prayer, God, and that we would start to understand there is so much that could happen if we committed to that, Father. God, stir in us a new heart. Forgive us, Jesus. I thank you. Thank you for the quietness of being before you and of resting, of waiting to hear you one more time. Waiting, waiting, just waiting. God, we wait on you to know the mission for this year for us as individuals if you haven't already told us. We wait on you to come again and renew our flesh, to renew our spirit. 
that whatever needs to be changed, just one little quirk that you want to change, God, we wait to hear and to obey. God, let none of us die knowing that we did not obey. God, let us have a new fervor to say, if I did nothing else, I obeyed. I obeyed, God, the great commandment of going to all the world and preaching the gospel. And we may never leave Ohio, but man, we can pray. And man, we can open our mouths. Father God, I thank you that you stir up that which you have put in us. Just like Paul told Timothy, I stir up what has been laid, the hands that have been laid on you, Father God. And so for every single person, they've come in contact with some other believer at some point who's prayed for them. And if they haven't, I pray for you right now. I stir up what is inside of you from the Holy Spirit. I command it to come forth in Jesus' name to produce every good measure that God has seen from the beginning of time from when he created your life. Father God, we petition the throne room and we ask for a greater revelation of your word, for a greater revelation of your scripture, that we can proclaim that in the name of Jesus out of our own mouths for the changing edification of our souls and of other saints. I thank you that there is no doubt in our minds because of Scripture what you said is true. Father God, do not let us look to the right or the left, but we will keep our faces straight as flint. We will wait, we will obey, and we will sing hallelujah. We will sing glory to the King because he is faithful, he is true, and he is the resurrected Godhead. Father, we thank you that one day we will be in heaven with you, but until that time comes, we will study the race and we will know how valuable our life is to you, how valuable our life is to spread the gospel and to go into every nation. We thank you, Jesus, for this time one more day, and we look forward to a new day tomorrow. Amen. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night.